Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sebastopol Christian Church. Go ahead and stand with me as we begin worship. There's no one like you, none like you. Into the darkness you shine, out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you, none like you. Our God is greater, our God is stronger. You are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Water turned into wine. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no darkness you shine out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you none like you our god is greater our god is stronger god you are higher than any other our god is healer awesome and power
right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sebastopol Christian Church. My name is Jim, and I'm pastor here, and we want to welcome you to this special Thanksgiving service. I don't know if you guys are living under a rock or not, but anybody aware that we're going to be eating some turkey and celebrating Thanksgiving this week? Well, we're going to have a special service of Thanksgiving today. Because the Bible says to enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise, and to give him thanks because God is good all the time. Amen? Hey, if you are new here at the church or you're a guest with us, we would love to give you a gift for kind of a souvenir for coming and, and joining us today. It's this travel mug, says our church name on it and everything. And please fill out this card that's in front of you. We'll exchange it in the back at the end of the service. Uh, for those of you who are joining us online via live stream, welcome. We trust this is going to be a safe place for you to explore the Christian faith with us. Because who are we? We are a group of hope-filled followers of Jesus. We have chosen to follow Jesus. We're not asking Jesus to follow us. I hope you know the difference there. We choose to follow Jesus. We're not asking him to follow us. And that's what we're all about. So we're about learning his ways, his ministry, his life, his teachings, and trying to imitate him so that this world can be a better place in and around us as Jesus fills us with his spirit. So let's get right to it. Before we get into the rest of the service, let's turn and greet one another this morning. We're spread all the way across. Here they are. Is a little chilling.
stand on this table. Yeah. Okay, this is just really Good morning, Sebastopol Christian Church. See Daddy waving? Happy almost Thanksgiving, everybody. So sharing God's truth and the love of Jesus with uh, the children is really something special. Amber and I love it. We want to thank the dedicated teachers and caregivers that help us every single Sunday. We can always use more help, however. As you watch the kids sing this morning, please prayerfully consider um, serving with us and see Amber or me if you uh, would like to do that. This morning, our kids are going to be singing the butterfly song, appropriately a song about gratitude. It's a wonderful, silly song, and one that I think asks us to remember that God blesses each of us every single day. Watch for those blessings. They come in all forms, from a ray of sunshine breaking through the clouds, to a small kindness spoken into our lives, the laughter of little ones, the warmth of family and friends, or an opportunity to bless others that ends up changing your life. So um, are the kids ready? All right, here we go, the butterfly song.
Well, you never see so many cameras or cell phones break out as when the little kids come up on stage and sing their song. And speaking of thanking God, I just thank you, Father, for bringing us all these little kids and all their parents, because they are special and precious in everyone, even if they look like a crocodile or an octopus. So, Hey, today uh, you can tell already a little bit, but today we're getting away from our normal Sunday morning routine when we do services here, and today is a special Thanksgiving service. You know, the Bible says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Giving thanks ought to be a big part of our lives. It's a big part of God's people in Scripture. Whenever you see them, uh, especially in the Psalms and the Hebrew Songbook and other places, they are giving thanks to God for what He has done in their lives. They're showing God gratitude for all that He's done for them and through them. It's good during Thanksgiving week, and it's one reason why, for me, Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday of the year, because it's not so commercial. It's not about buying or, you know, making sure everybody's got a gift for everybody else. It's just about slowing down and pausing and reflecting and giving thanks and showing gratitude for all that He's done in our lives. And so we're going to do that today. We're going to hear some testimonies, some stories of what God has done in people's lives. We're going to read some scripture that has thanksgiving in it. We're going to sing some songs of praise, and I think it's going to be a, a good service. I hope you guys like it as you participate with us together. Now, the first scripture I want to uh, bring up is actually comes from one of the saddest books in the Bible. If you know what Lamentations is all about, uh, Lamentations was written by the prophet Jeremiah. It was written right after a terrible time of God's judgment on his people because God's people, the Israelites, had gotten away from God. They started following other gods. They'd gotten into idolatry and disobedience, and God warned them again and again through the prophets. He was going to bring judgment. He was going to put them into exile if they stayed disobedient, and they never did repent as a nation. And so God brought the judgment of the Babylonian kingdom upon them. Many Israelites were taken into exile, people like Daniel, people like Ezekiel, and other people in exile. And Jeremiah, as he's reflecting in all these, on all these sad times, that's one reason why Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet, because he, he said, I, I'm filling up a bucket with my tears, sadness over the loss of God's people and what was happening. And yet, in the midst of this sadness and lamentations, Jeremiah remembers God. He remembers the Lord, and he said, what I know about God is this is a time of judgment, but this is not permanent. This is temporary. And the exile is going to last for a while, but then God promises he's going to bring his people back. And so, in hope, Jeremiah penned these words. He said, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. Paul echoed those words in 2 Timothy. He said he looked around to the Christians as good of followers of Jesus as they were or as he was. He said, sometimes we are faithless, but God is never faithless. He is always faithful. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning. And so I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, and therefore I will hope in Him. 
I hope you have that same kind of hope, that no matter what happens in your life, that God's love is steadfast, that God's uh, hope for the future for you is sure. In Christ, all the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. And no matter what happens, we can still give praise to God and thankful, be thankful to Him for His faithfulness. Now, I want to introduce you to the first of our testimonies this morning. This uh, testimony comes from Kimberly. Many of you know her as Kimberly Zunino. However, her last name changed to Harriman this year as part of her good testimony. Please give your attention to the screen. This year, I have been lucky enough to... Um, have one of my prayers answered, which is uh, I have been praying for years that God would bring me more peace and more calm in my head because I'm a worrier. <laughs> I worry all the time. And um, this year, I really started to focus on my prayers being about uh, putting more trust in God. And I knew that in my head, if I would trust him, that that peace would come. And so I've really, really this year experienced that peace come over me and to stop worrying as much as I used to. My family. So about 10 years ago, uh, 10 years ago in May, I met, uh, I don't wanna cry. <laughs> So about 10 years ago in May, I met an amazing man, um, someone who uh, wanted to build a real relationship with me, wanted to be truthful with me all the time. We set rules and boundaries for ourselves that we would never do anything but tell each other the truth. And uh, that original uh, meeting, I never thought actually that it would go anywhere. I just thought we'd date for a while and that would be it. Uh, turns out that wasn't it. It turns out that um, he had an amazing family and two great kids, and I had an amazing family and two great kids. Uh, and after 10 years, we decided to blend those families together. And so this year, I got to basically marry the man of my dreams. Turkey. <laughs> Uh, I love turkey. So turkey and gravy and cranberry, that's probably my favorite thing with my mom's stuffing. Um, I uh, have grown up, except for one year in almost 52 years, uh, have I missed a Thanksgiving with my mom. And when I did, the thing I missed the most was her turkey and stuffing. we do. We go to his word and we give him thanks. In the psalm, there are so many wonderful places to turn. This is just one. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let all Israel repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Let Aaron's descendants, the priests, repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Let all who fear the Lord repeat, his faithful love endures forever. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord. 
and the Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. <clears throat> he will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. For it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. Go ahead, stand with me. Who 
shown you his goodness in this season. It can be the littlest thing. It doesn't have to be big. It's who I am. 
prayer. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you this morning because you are a good, good Father. Thank you, Lord, that you are good, that you demonstrate your goodness to us in so many ways, in ways that the best fathers that we know here on earth do. Lord, you show us your love, your unconditional love, that we don't have to earn it. We don't have to behave a certain way in order for you to love us. We don't have to do all the things right and avoid all the wrong things to get your attention or to get your approval. Lord, we, we can just rest in peace that you do love us, that you do approve of us, that you have adopted us into your family because of our faith in Christ. Lord, thank you that your love is so great that you gave us your son Jesus, that we have forgiveness and eternal life in him, and that we can call you Father. We have that spirit of sonship because you've adopted us into your family. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you for that love. Thank you, Lord, for providing for us. Thank you that all the things that we need to live, the blessings that we have, the health that we have, the possessions that we have, the home to live in, the, the vehicle to drive, the job to make a living, the the health, the, the surrounding love and relationships with our family and friends. Lord, those are all gifts from you. Thank you for your great provision. And thank you, Lord, for your protection. Lord, in this world where so many things can be threatening and go wrong, Lord, we, there are so many ways you have protected us that we're not even aware of. But for all the, the ways that we are aware of, Lord, we give you thanks and we give you praise. Lord, you are a good, good Father, and we worship you this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. I want to introduce you to the second person who's going to share a testimony with us this morning. She's a, a younger uh, person here at our church. She came here a couple of years ago. In fact, I met this girl. Uh, girl, she's a young woman. I think she told me she turned 40 this year, but don't, don't tell her that. Uh, Anyway, Jessica called me on the phone. I'd never met her before. She said, are you the pastor of Sebastopol Christian? I said, yes, I am. She said, well, I'm calling around because I've become a follower of Jesus. And I've read here in the book of Acts where it says that those who come to follow Jesus, they're supposed to follow that declaration of faith by going public and being baptized. And I really want to be baptized. And I've called around to a number of churches, and nobody's, going to nobody's willing to baptize me. Would you baptize me? And I said, how soon can you be here? And so I think it was that weekend. We made it happen pretty fast with Jessica, and we baptized her into Christ, and she has stayed. She's become a member here. She's now a deaconess, and she serves in the kids' ministry all the time. She's serving right back there now. Pardon me? And in the sound booth right now. In fact, she's back there. But instead of hearing from her live, we're going to hear her give her video sharing testimony. So please look up at the screen. There's so many examples of God's faithfulness in my life, and especially this last year. But the biggest one most recently was I got in a car accident, you know, and um, I was okay. The guy that hit me was okay. And he didn't have insurance or anything and so I was kind of in trouble with no car you know they kind of totaled my car and I got home and I just had a sense of peace you know I do elderly care I have jobs I need to be able to get to get to my jobs and 
I still just had the sense of peace that God had me, that God was going to take care of it. I talked to my, um, my father about it, and within a couple of hours, he had a new car for me from his boss. They were going to give it to me for $1,000, but then when I went to go pick it up, they decided to just give it to me. And so I never had to go without a car. You know, it's just God just totally came through, and, and I knew he would, so I wasn't panicked at all. And, They kind of totaled my car, and I got home, and I just had a sense of peace. You know, I do elderly care. I'm going to take care of it. I talked to my um, my father about it, and within a couple of hours, he had a new car for me from his boss. They were going to give it to me for a thousand dollars, but then when I went to go pick it up, they decided to just give it to me. And so I never had to go without a car. You know, it's just God just totally came through, and and I knew He would. So I wasn't panicked at all. And as most of the church knows, my husband died, you know, four years ago. And I thought I would never move on. Well, God just happened to put somebody in my life who lives thousands of miles away so that we could really get to know each other. And I don't feel pressured. I just feel like God brought us together and we can develop a relationship without me it's, it's, he's helping me to move on. He makes me want to move on. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that because I never thought I would feel this way again. Got to be turkey. It has to be cooked right, though. Breast side down. Very juicy and lots of seasonings. But, yeah. Turkey. so <laughs> they didn't ask me. <laughs> I'm uh, reading from Psalm 95, and this is one of my favorites. Um, I think uh, for two reasons. One, it's talking about how to praise praise God, but it, it also has uh, you know singing and stuff in it, so go figure. That's the one I love. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land, too. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. As we prepare for the communion servers, you may come up now. Communion reading this morning is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 26. 
For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after the supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time that you, that you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So what does the Lord's Supper mean? The early church remembered that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper on the night of the Passover meal. Passover celebrated deliverance from slavery in Egypt. The, the Lord's Supper celebrates deliverance from sin, our sins being forgiven through Christ's sacrifice. What is the new covenant? In the old covenant, people could approach God only through the priests and the sacrificial system. Jesus' death ushered in the new covenant, the new agreement between God and us. Now all people can personally approach God and communicate with him. How do we remember Christ in the Lord's Supper? By thinking about what he did and why he did it. Further, the remembrance has both a backward and a forward look to it. We remember Christ's death and then we remember that he is coming again. And now let us pray. Lord Jesus, Son of God, God the Son, we at Sebastopol Christian Church celebrate communion every Sunday because we want it always at the front of our minds that you willingly suffered the agony and humiliation of the cross just so that we could be free of the stain of sin. We love you, Lord, we believe in you, and we entrust our lives to you. Please bless our efforts to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the unbelievers of Sebastopol, Sonoma County, and beyond. And at the same time, please help us to help the unchurched in the area to find a church home with us. In your holy and precious name we pray, amen.
that song. Now we get to continue giving thanks to our great God by giving back to him what he has so graciously given to us. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for blessing us, Father, in so many ways. Lord, we say thank you. Thank you that everything that we have is truly a gift from you. Lord God, now will you please receive and do what only you can do. Take these gifts that we humbly give and multiply them, Father, so that your work will be done here at our church, here in our community, especially, Father, during this season when so many are lonely, so many are struggling, so many are looking, Father, for the answer. And we know that you are the answer, Jesus, and we want them to know that and to feel that love. So bless us, God, as we share your love in our community and then Father out into your world. Lord, take these offerings and use them for your glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, as the offering is being passed, I want to remind you that we have so many other ways to give thanks, ways that we can say thanks to God by what we actually do. We have our giving tree that's coming for our third annual year now, and it will be up in the back next week. We have the opportunity to serve others and pack boxes of food at the food bank this Wednesday at five. We'll see you there. And then please remember to read your bulletins or ask us in the back after the service about all of the other wonderful events we have going on this season. Stand with me.
Thank you. You may be seated. It is well with my soul this morning. I hope it is with your soul as well. Is it well with your soul? Um, some of us would say, yeah, it's well with my soul. Look how life is going for me. I mean, I've got a great job. I've got a great family. I'm in good health. Uh, a lot of us would say it is well with my soul based upon circumstances. Based on, well, if, if this is in my life going right, then of course it's well with my soul. I'm good. God and I are good because look what he does for me. The man who, who wrote that song wrote it is well with my soul when the bottom of life dropped out from him. He was, uh, he was on his way on a voyage. He had lost numerous family members. I, I thought he had lost one set of family members on a sea voyage, and then he wrote this song. But as I read it, he didn't lose just one set of family members. He lost another set of his wife and, and children uh, to lost at sea on a voyage across the Atlantic. And yet he could say, so, so you go to the, back to the song and he says, well, if does peace attend your life like a river? Well, then it's well with your soul. But when, what's the other part? When sorrow like sea billows roll. It, and if sorrows like sea billows roll are rolling over your life right now, it is not so easy to say it as well with my soul. The other thing about the song that's remarkable was he took his focus off his circumstances and off his own life and he put him back to God and back to Jesus. And he said, you know, what makes it well with my soul is that my sin, not in part but in whole, was nailed to the cross. And I don't have to bear that anymore. I'm forgiven. I have eternal life. I'm going to be in heaven with God forever. That's how it's well with my soul. And not only that, but he, he looks forward to the future and he says the trump shall sound and the Lord's going to descend and one day we're all going to be together forever with the Lord in heaven. And as Paul says in Thessalonians, therefore encourage one another with these words. And so he does it through a song and he says it is well with my soul. It can be well with your soul even if life isn't going exactly the way you'd hoped it to go. Even if... Even in the difficult losses and disappointing circumstances of life, it can still be well with your soul. I know there's proof because there's a, a wonderful sister in our church who's given a testimony about God's faithfulness in her life no matter what has happened. Please give your attention to the screen. Since Tom died, it's been a struggle. It's been hard. It's been hard to be alone and have that responsibility of um, being kind of the head of the household. Um, it's been hard not to have that person that you come home to and share things with. Um, it's been hard to be financially dependent on my, myself for my income. Um, so, you know, when, when you're faced with difficulties in your life, um, when you lose a spouse or you have a health challenge or you have something that's going on, um, when you believe that God is there with you, then you cling to that um, because you can't rely on what you have. You can't rely on your own strength to get through it. Um, if, it was, if it was me and I was on my own at this point in my life, trying to figure everything out, um, I would have given up. I can't, 
I can't even imagine life without God standing in the fire with me. And um, when I was at my lowest, um, I really, uh, I prayed a lot, I read my Bible a lot, I, um, I, I asked God for answers to prayer. And um, when I lost my job in the spring, and I, um, and I really struggled with trying to figure out where I'm going and what I'm doing um, for work and to provide for myself and my family. Um, I asked God to, to be there in that struggle. And um, the peace that he gave me isn't anything that I could ever have found in the world. And when I... Um, felt as if there was just no answer in sight. And we're talking about months here, so um, uh, probably a good six months, I was wondering where it is that I was going to get my next job. And, um, but God just kept standing there next to me and saying, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And um, I felt that love, I felt that trust, and um, through that, I was able to get through it, um, and I got a job in August and have been working since. So I feel like God has been faithful through just the worst of it, you know, when you're, you're truly at the bottom and you feel like there just isn't any answers to those questions about whatever it is that you need to continue to live a normal and, and productive life. God is there. God is in that moment. And it's not so much about the outcome of what he did. Um, having a job and, and being able to provide my, for my family obviously is a, is a blessing. But it's also about knowing that you can face those struggles because they come to all of us. You can face those struggles with God and still have joy and still feel um, supported and at peace, even in the midst of it. So I am thankful for my family. And I'm thankful not so much for my real family, my brothers and my sisters, although I love them and um, I spend time with them and uh, I appreciate them. They drive me crazy. They're total nuts, but I um, I appreciate that family, uh, I, but I, more than that, I appreciate um, my Christian family. I appreciate those that are um, my family by choice. Uh, they are amazing. And I think every day that I get to come here and be with my church family is the best. So this was a big topic for discussion when I went to the coffee shop this morning. I said, okay, so what's your favorite food? And a lot of the answers were things that I absolutely love. But here's the thing. I think my favorite food at Thanksgiving is gravy. <laughs> because you put the gravy on everything. You put it on the turkey, you put it on the on the, uh, the stuffing, you put it on the mashed potatoes and then it makes everything taste better. So, gravy.
that's a tremendous answer, and it's true. It's it's. I'll resist the urge to do start doing theology in my head when I heard that. Maybe like, the Holy Spirit is like the gravy of the church. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before I go too far afield, uh, the next passage we have is from uh, Psalms 40, and uh, it's a passage about God lifting you up out of uh, the difficulties and out of the mire. And I think towards what Pastor Jim said uh, a few minutes ago, that it's there is the the difficulties of our circumstances that God does attend to, but there's also the difficulties of our own sin. And what a tremendous blessing it is that God not only is aware of our outside self, but our very heart, because we carry our souls wherever we go. And if that part isn't remedied, then that we don't have the hope that is the center of our Christian faith. So uh, Psalms chapter 40. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, And he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. And he has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, The Lord is great. And get your hands out for clapping.
You may be seated. Uh, we're going to continue praising God for all His goodness to us. I keep hearing about what everybody's favorite food is, turkey, stuffing, gravy. Uh, there's lots of, to be thankful for. Uh, there was a Peanuts cartoon that came out, and it showed Snoopy on Thanksgiving Day. And Snoopy uh, went to get his meal on Thanksgiving Day, and Charlie Brown fed him his normal ration of dog food. And Snoopy was kind of sad, and he looks at this, and he says, dog food? I get dog food on Thanksgiving Day? All these people get to eat all these great things, turkey and stuff, and all I get is dog food? And he says, well, I'm a dog, and all I get is dog food. And then he paused, and he said, well, at least I'm a dog. At least I'm not, at least I'm not the turkey. <laughs> so you can be thankful for many things in your life. Hey, one of the things I am thankful for here at Sebastopol Christian Church in our church family is that God uh, brings us new people to be part of our church family. And one of the guys that I'm most thankful for this year in 2019 is that God brought us this man, this young man to me anyway. Uh, his name is Fred Hoff. And Fred is going to come up and share his story with us. Now, I met Fred here when we're doing the meet and greet on Sunday morning, and then we had our church picnic in August, and I found out that Fred was quite the pitcher in the slow-pitch softball game, but what I remember the most about him wasn't his good hitting or his good pitching. Um, he wouldn't throw me a strike, I remember that, but then, <laughs> but then uh, I remember his trash-talking. He was so good at trash-talking on the baseball diamond, and I said, this guy is a real sports guy, so, uh, but God has done an amazing work in Fred's life. And we're so glad that he came to our church and has become part of our church family. So would you please welcome Fred Hoff. Good morning, church. <clears throat> My name is Fred Hoff, and I'm fairly new at Sebastopol Christian Church. I first came here the last Sunday in June, I believe it was. Pastor Jim has asked me to give a testimony on what I'm thankful for and the things that God is doing in my life this past year. Although I've only been here a short time, I'm getting to know my brothers and sisters in Christ here in Sebastopol and at SCC. Now is the time for you to get to know me better and for me to share with you what God the good Lord is doing in my life. First of all, I'm so very thankful that he has led me to this church and to stand before you today, humbled and grateful to have found a new church home and beautiful church family. God is doing a mighty work in my life and the evidence is in the fact to my answer, of my answered prayer to find a new place to live and to grow in Christ Jesus. You see, just a little more than five months ago, I was paroled from California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation, California State Prison at Solano in Vacaville, California, after serving 23 years in prison for manslaughter. God made a way that my parole could be transferred from Mono County in Eastern California to Sonoma County so that I could live with my sister here in Sebastopol, or Peace Town, as the locals call it, Seb Town. 
I am thankful the Lord answered my prayers that I would once again be with my family. My little brother and his wife live in Santa Rosa and that I would find a new church and an excellent job to find a peace-filled life in which I would grow closer to him through his word, through fellowship with his people, and to make a living amends to society and my new community through service and outreach to the homeless and downtrodden. Only God could lead me to the very church and church community whose hearts are moved in the, same, in the very same area that he has been urging me for all these many years. Inside prison is where the Lord Jesus came into my life and set me free, free on the inside. In 1996, I turned my life over, my life and my will over to the Lord Jesus, over to the care of God, to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Since that very day, he has never forsaken me, never left me, and has always been right by my side, protecting and guiding, strengthening me in my trials and afflictions. The suffering and the fear of so many dark nights in the prison of my own making. I'd like to say my walk with the Lord has been easy, but no, it's far from that. God slowly but surely removed all the things that held me in bondage, drugs, alcohol, violent thoughts and actions, lust, pride, and anger. I studied God's word to show myself approved, to come to know him better and to understand his love for his children. I was baptized by my chaplain, Carl Spetch, at CSP Solano in the Chapel of the Good Shepherd and became a chaplain's assistant, organizing pastoral counseling, serving as an usher and a, and a communion attendant, gave messages and worked behind the scenes organizing baptisms, church banquets, plays and concerts, and the testimonials of my fellow inmates. God led me to celebrate recovery, a faith-based recovery program where I became a leader and facilitator. He led me to Life Above Reproach, a men's discipleship program where I became a mentor and small group leader. God also led me to Tumi, the Urban Ministry Institute, a seminary and college-level Bible and theology course focused on urban ministries, social outreach, and missions. God saw fit that I would become a straight-A student in my sociology classes at Lasting Community College, and that I had a 4.0 GPA in Tumi as well. Our Lord was the one who got these things done in my life, and all the glory goes to him. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I have been led by his urgings, and all I do is answer to his call. Today, I stand before you a changed man. God has molded me and shaped me into the person he meant me to be. My past is in the past, and as I step into this new day, I'm blessed to be alive and grateful to be called a child of God. I want to thank you all at Sebastopol Christian Church for welcoming me into your family, our family, our church family. As we wait together for the coming of our Lord and Savior's return, 
We can trust in his promises of the consummation of the kingdom and the coming of the new heaven and the new earth. We can rejoice together and give thanks that we are called the children of God. Thank you. And as Tiny Tim would say from a Christmas carol, God bless us, everyone. Thank you, buddy. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure and a privilege to know you. We thank God for you, Fred. We thank God that you brought us, uh, brought yourself, or God brought you to our church family, and we're uh, so ha glad to have you here. Because I know, besides your smiles and your spirit-filled conversation and your encouragement to me, uh, we're in a men's group together on Tuesday nights at uh, Jim Tisthammer's house, and, and we have a great time together. And I can, I can tell you studied God's Word, because you're always bringing up scriptures. And I said, this guy knows the Word, man. So that is great, and you're serving here all the time. And I understand that in this last round of nominations we've had for church officers, somebody nominated you to be a deacon. And then somebody came to me, yeah. And then somebody came to me and they said, well, hey, Jim, uh, uh, point of order, uh, which is typical, <laughs> uh, point of order, doesn't somebody need to be a church member in order to be a deacon? And I said, that's exactly right. And so this week, while we were going over your testimony and you're sharing your story with me, which is awesome, uh, we talked about what it means to be a church member here, that you're a believer in Christ, that you've been baptized into him, that you're following him, that you're joining yourself, you're going to put in your time, your talent, your energies into helping us build the kingdom of God together at Sebastopol Christian, and you're going to be a faithful member of our church. And uh, this week, I welcomed you into church membership, but just in front of everybody, I, I want to do the same. Fred, welcome to membership at Sebastopol Christian Church. Thank you so much. All right. Now, before we go, I have one more question for you. Uh, what is your favorite food at Thanksgiving? It's baked with butter and brown sugar. Mmm, that's good. Everything is more better with more butter. <laughs> All right. Good morning, church. On this thankful Sunday, I would like to take a quick minute to say how thankful I am for all of you. We moved here just over a year ago and started coming to SEC shortly after. And you, everyone, welcomed my family with open arms. We didn't know anyone. And I feel I belong here and uh, we love it here. And so thank you so much for welcoming my family into this church family. So I'm so thankful for all of you. I'm reading today out of Psalm 116. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Amen. Thank you, Amber. What a great addition that you and your family are to our church. We're so glad to have you, and we praise God for you. So 
Folks, as we move into the Thanksgiving season, it's only four days away, and uh, I think Raul was telling me he's already recorded the two football games for Thursday. So I said, this guy's thinking ahead. I said, the important things, you know, turkey's one thing, but you got you to gotta have the football. So um, just as we're coming closer to the Thanksgiving season, uh, we're echoing the words of the psalmist with our lives, that it's the goodness of the Lord that we count on, that it's his goodness in our lives, his faithfulness to us that makes the difference. And one thing I love about Thanksgiving is we're not, we're not demanding anything of God. It's not a time to say, God, I need this, I need this, would you please do this? We pray those prayers all the time. The reason we stop and pause and have a thanksgiving is we look back and we reflect and we say, God, how have you shown your goodness to us? How have you shown your faithfulness to us? It's also a time at thanksgiving to remember the origin of this holiday. Many of you remember, you know, whether it's a Peanuts cartoon with the thanksgiving uh, with Charlie Brown or whether it's your history classes uh, whatever your source of information, I just want to remind you of that first Thanksgiving in the fall of 1621. It certainly did not come easy for those people, those first settlers in the United States in the colony of Massachusetts, the people that we call the Pilgrims. You'll recall that they lived in Europe and for years they had wanted to find a new place in the New World across the Atlantic Ocean as daunting as that would have been for a ship that was about 105 feet long, a sailing ship, the Mayflower, to cross the ocean, come all the way over the New World and establish a new colony where they could worship God the way that the Scriptures were instructing them to worship God, to be their own separate people and found a new colony. They were going to join the colony in Virginia, but instead the ship blew them off course. They landed off the coast of Massachusetts. They settled at this place. We saw it on this historical tour one time. It's not much to look at, this Plymouth Rock. Hey, that's Plymouth Rock. I'm looking around like, that's it? You know, it's this little beachy area. It's not much to, to shout about. But they landed there and they made that their place. And they spent the entire winter there, a very difficult winter in the year 1620. 104 pilgrims started the voyage with 72 males and 30 females. And as I understand it, there were only 18 adult females in that group of separatists that came over. And that first winter, only 53 of the 102 survived. So almost half their party died. It got so bad, it got so uh, close to death, they were rationing food to the degree that Governor William Bradford said that he was handing out five kernels of corn a day to each person. That was their ration of food until they could get to the spring. And I'm thinking to myself, how, how do you even maintain hope during that? How do you not just give up? How do you not just throw in the towel and say, Go, well, God, we tried it, but you abandoned us. We're not going to give you thanks, God, for anything because uh, look what happened. And instead, in the springtime, when Captain Jones of the Mayflower ship, when he's getting ready to sail back to England, he asked the pilgrims, 53 of them, he said, how many of you are, want to get back on the ship and go with me back to England? And this is the most, one of the most amazing facts of this whole story to me. How many of the pilgrims actually went aboard and got back on the ship to England? Zero. Zero of them. And I think about my faith and where I would have been 
And would I have gotten back on that ship and given up and say, well, God, I guess, I, I guess this experiment, this adventure, this dream that we had of establishing a colony for you, for the glory of God, as the Mayflower Flower Compact said, and for the advancement of the Christian kingdom and for the evangelization of the Indian native people here, that that's all was, was just for naught. And yet the, the pilgrims, the, the thing that impresses me the most about them is their faith that in the midst of their loss, they could echo those words of Job when the bottom fell out of his life. And they said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And they kept going and they persevered because they believed that God had called them to this. And when somebody believes that deeply in the sovereignty of God, then no matter what happens to them, their faith is not shaken because they're saying, God, this was your plan for us. This is what we're supposed to endure. We don't know what the future holds, but God, in your sovereignty, we know you hold the future. So we're going to keep trusting in you. And so I, I can't even imagine the lump in the pilgrim's throat when the, the, they're watching the, the Mayflower sail back to England going, that's it. That was our last lifeline back to the old country, back to where the life that we knew. Here we are now in the springtime facing starvation. And so they're praying, and there, there may have been some thanksgiving, but I think there were a lot more prayers now of, of do not be anxious for anything, but in everything with prayers and petitions with thanksgiving, as Paul says in Philippians, let your requests be made known to God. And so they're praying fervently for God to meet their needs, and God graciously answered their prayers. The first answer to the prayer was that they found three acres of cleared land. Now, the backstory of this was there was a, a plague that hit the Indian tribes, and 90% of the Indian tribes, because of some plague, uh, died. And so there weren't very many Indians in the area. Good news for the pilgrims, there weren't many Indians who would have been enemies, naturally, of the pilgrims, tried to destroy them and wipe them out. But when 90% of them get wiped out, they're thinking of their own survival more. And so, but they had cleared three acres of land. They were going to plant corn there. They weren't exactly sure how the corn was going to grow on this new rocky soil. And then God brought, God brought them a new answer to prayer. Because there was this tall Indian named Samoset. And he walked into their camp. And I think he said something. He, he was, English was very broken. But he knew enough to say, do you have any beer? <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious that he, he wanted to know if they'd share some beer with him. And so they began a friendship with Samoset, and Samoset's English was very broken. The communication wasn't very good, but Samoset said, I know an Indian whose English is very good, and his name is Tisquantum. And Samoset went and found Tisquantum and brought Tisquantum, who became known as Squanto, to the Indians. And Squanto was the bridge, the mediator, between the old world and the new world. He was the bridge, the mediator between uh, making it or not making it in the new world. Because Squantum blessed the pilgrims in at least three ways, right? The first way was he taught them how to fish in the river, how to catch those little fish that became the fertilizer so that when they planted the corn on those miraculously provided three acres of clear land. The corn, the, the fish fertilized the corn, the corn grew, and it grew up into a harvest for that fall. And then also because uh, Squanto could speak English, he became the mediator 
between the English-speaking pilgrims and the Wampanoag-speaking chief Massasoit. And the pilgrims were able to form a friendship and a treaty with Massasoit. That's why the, England, that's why the Indians showed up that first Thanksgiving feast. That's why they feasted perhaps for three days. And we, yes, we do believe they ate wild turkey, among other things. And the friendship that formed between Massasoit and the pilgrim leaders lasted over 50 years. That treaty lasted 50 years, one of the longest-running treaties that they had with, England, with Indians at the time in our in our nation's history. All because God had worked in the back area, in the backdrop of the story through Squanto's life, who led a difficult life up until that point. He was taken as a slave to, and ended up in England. He learned the English language. He desperately fought for his freedom or he got his freedom. He found his way back on a ship, came back to the new land and found out that his tribe had been almost wiped out by this terrible plague but that God's purpose for his life wasn't over yet because having the English skills made him the bridge, made him the mediator. Reminds me of our own Christian faith that, that there's one God and there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And the reason that we can have a right relationship with God is because Jesus was willing to be the mediator between us and God. And God provided Squanto for the pilgrims. And so that first Thanksgiving, they had a lot to be thankful for. But I'll tell you, while they were feasting, Governor Bradford, I doubt he had a glad plastic bag back in those days, but whatever container he had, he held up those five kernels of corn. And to the pilgrims, to as much as they'd been through, to as much loss and disappointment and desperation and near starvation that they had endured that past year, he held up those five kernels of corn again and he says, I want you all to share five things that you are thankful to God for during this time of feasting, during this time of thanksgiving. It reminds me that uh, in four days on Thursday, when we gather with loved ones, when we gather with perhaps some of our crazy relatives, right, April? Uh, s some of the ones that uh, we find maybe a little more difficult than uh, other people that we normally hang out with and try to get along with. When we're around the table with those people, would we also remember to follow the practice of the pilgrims and to say what Governor Bradford told the pilgrims to do in Psalm 107, which was give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. His faithful love endures forever. God brought those pilgrims through, brought them to a spacious place, brought them to a time of blessing. What has God done in your life? What things has he brought you through? What, what difficulties are you going through right now that you're saying in faith and in hope because God is a good, good father, I know he's going to bring me through. What things can you Give thanks to God for, and please share them with others around the table. Share them with others this week. This is a, a wonderful time for followers of Christ to display our faith and to show the thanks that we have to God, because from whom, from Him, all blessings flow. Let's pray. Lord God, we have so much in this life to thank you for. Thank you for the, the life that you've given us, for the, the health that we have. Uh, some of us are healthier than others, but Lord, if, if we're able to get up this morning and put our, our clothes on, our pants 
one leg at a time and to be able to walk and ambulate, Lord, we have something to be thankful for. Thank you for the lives that we have for our health. Thank you for our families. Thank you for our natural families and for our church family. Thank you for this community of faith around us where we can encourage one another to keep following you wholeheartedly. And when one of us is down, the other one can pick him or her up. Thank you for these stories of your faithfulness that you've shown in lives of our own church members, our own church family. God, thank you for your love that never fails. Thank you for your word that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our our path. Thank you for the abilities that you've given each of us, our intelligence, our physical capabilities, our ability to create and to plan and to dream and to build, Lord, to be able to work and to make a living in this world. God, as we look around at creation and the, and the beautiful trees changing colors and the leaves falling, Lord, thank you for this world, this beauty that's around us in creation and in nature. Lord, thank you for, it's difficult to say this, but thank you for our weaknesses because our weaknesses remind us that we are not God. You are God and we are not, and we are dependent on you in so many ways. Thank you, Lord, that as we lean on you during our our weaknesses and our times of struggle, Lord, you say that, that when we are weak, that's when we can be strong in you. Thank you for all the times when you've brought us through our troubles and brought us to the other side, to a place where maybe for a lot of us, now we can have peace like a river. Thank you for all those answered prayers. Thank you, most of all, God, for new life in Christ Jesus, for forgiveness, for purpose, for direction, and for the glorious future that awaits us all as children of God. Lord, we have much to be thankful for, and we give thanks to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me. this morning, this Thanksgiving service, but it's been good, and I hope your heart has been encouraged by uh, seeing God's faithfulness in the life of His people and in this church family. 
Um, I want to remind you, we were praying for her for Shirley Sayak last week. Uh, I found out later that day that she had passed away. She's gone on to be with the Lord, and her reward is in heaven. And we are going to have a memorial service for Shirley, our sister in Christ, right here at this church coming this Saturday on November 30th. So mark your calendars or put it in your phones if you would like to be here to celebrate Shirley's life with us. Uh, Saturday, November 30th at 11 o'clock in the morning. Now, I want to close by, by all of us saying together the, the memory verse that we have been saying almost, we probably said it five or six times already this service. But it basically is, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. You all can say that, right? Let's say it together. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving week.